0: You are Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Monday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. And on today's episode, we have some basketball talk. Luka Garza won basically every award under the sun over this weekend and People are starting to get a little bit upset about not seeing the Iowa Hawkeyes involved in the transfer portal. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. And then as we have been doing, we're going to continue our positional previews. We're going to be touching on the tight end position and the offensive line position throughout the week unless there's some you know, breaking news or some... Transfer portal news, whatever might happen, unless that stuff pops up, we're going to be continuing our spring positional preview, and then later in this week, we're going to be really diving in to the NFL draft. We have a very special guest who has joined us before. He's going to be hopping on to talk a lot about the Iowa Hawkeye prospects, especially since I'll actually be technically gone out of town. Uh, Friday and Monday. So um, we're going to have some pre-recorded episodes covering some Iowa Hawkeye draft prospects. So in advance of that, doing some previews of this upcoming year's Iowa Hawkeye football team. So a lot of football talk as we prepare for the summer months. Then thank you all for tuning in, and let's hop into the show. Again, Luka Garza took home a number of awards, including the Naismith Player of the Year and the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award, the only player to claim that award twice. So uh, Luka Garza just sweeping up the awards, rightfully so, as deserved. On the women's side, we did see Paige Beckers win the Player of the Year. Um, congratulations to her. I, I, I still... Struggle with the concept that I think Caitlin Clark did more for her team. But Paige Beckers, nonetheless, is a phenomenal player. Also, if you aren't watching the NCAA tournament, uh, what an interesting tournament it was, right? It's everything we expected and everything we didn't expect. An 11 seed making it to the Final Four after struggling to beat Michigan State. Um, Their draws, UCLA's draws, were pretty interesting all around. I feel like maybe that would would have been a better opportunity for Iowa to get through. But that's what makes the NCAA tournament so much fun is that it just depends on each game. It depends on your matchups. Some teams match up better with others. Um, there, you could look at, you know, Houston's run and say, "Man, Iowa could have, Iowa could have made it through that," but you know they didn't. They weren't able to get through Oregon. So it's another year of could have, should have, would have, and we're hoping to see that Sweet Sixteen sometime sooner rather than later. Which is why Iowa Hawkeye fans everywhere are a bit frustrated that Iowa is not getting involved in the transfer portal more. And last week we talked, and we discussed a little bit about Fran McCaffrey's, you know, ideology when it comes to building a roster. And his biggest thing is he doesn't want to use the transfer portal significantly. He's only done it twice in his time at Iowa, and those are for good reasons. Bakari Evelyn, a guy he was very familiar with; Jared Uduff, um a guy who is from Iowa, and also very familiar with. So um, it's not often that Iowa is going to want to go to the transfer portal. But I feel like when you have three open scholarships, maybe four, kind of depends on what happens with all these, you know, with some of the decisions happening, you need to go get some guys. You need to go out there and solidify your roster. And the only person that Iowa is really rumored at this point, besides the D3 shooter, besides, uh, you know, a couple other small school guys, the only guy from a, a big school is Texas Tech's Marcus Santos Silva – Um, He played three years at VCU, played a year at Texas Tech, has 93 career starts. He's 6'7", 245 pounds, so he definitely brings a different aspect to the Hawks. A career 56% shooter from the field, but has never attempted a three before. Um, And last year averaged 6.4 rebounds per game and 1.1 blocks. So defensively, he's going to be bringing a lot, bringing a little bit more intensity to the the glass. Now, Iowa doesn't have him yet. He has quite quite a few uh, people looking for his services. But that's the only big name that Iowa's, and that's not even a big name. That's the only name that Iowa's really been rumored to be looking at. Meanwhile, we're seeing teams like Maryland grab a few guys. We're seeing other folks, other big-name centers start looking and, and, you know, committing to schools. So it gets a bit concerning when you're an Iowa Hawkeye fan and you aren't hearing Iowa being rumored to be in the running for any of these major players. As again, especially at that five position where we have Josh Ogundele, and Josh, you know, could be a very good player down the future or down the road. I think he could be a big contributor even next year, giving 10 to 12 minutes. But I would like to see Iowa, when you have three scholarships or even four, so the scholarship from Flux, go out there and get some guys who are going to make you a contender this year. Another guy that I wish they were targeting because he's being targeted by half of the Big Ten is Joseph Yesifu. And you might not have heard of that name, but he is from. He went to Drake. Um, I'm a Drake grad, so I do watch a lot of Drake basketball games as well. He was not starting for the majority of the year, until Roman Penn, or Drake's one of their star players, went down, Joseph Yesifu really carried the Drake Bulldogs. He carried them to an MVC Championship game where they actually hung tight in that game against Loyola for a while. He was the reason why they were in that game against USC until that second half where they just didn't have enough gas because they're such a a shorthanded team. Joseph Yesifu is the kind of guard that Iowa has been missing. The kind of guard who... He can drive the basket. He can pull up and shoot the three. And he does everything while being under control. The one thing I haven't seen as much from him is is that phenomenal passing ability. He definitely is a he's gonna try to, you know, take the ball to the, the rim as much as possible. So that is something to be wary of. But I think he could play Big Ten basketball yesterday. I mean, he's he's a phenomenal talent, and Iowa should be looking at him as a guy who can um, improve their guard play. I love what Joe Toussaint brings to the table, I love what Aaron brings to the table, but what what hurts? How does it hurt to bring in some more competition, especially a guy who can also shoot the three and potentially come off the bench if needed? Um, you know, if Jordan Bohannon doesn't return. That's the kind of guy who can really help you in a tournament time. We've seen what happened against Oregon. We didn't have anyone who could break Oregon down off the dribble from our point guard. Pers- or sorry, that's why Joe and Aaron came in, but Jordan Bohannon couldn't necessarily do it. Um, Connor couldn't do it. Now, granted, they were injured, but that's what Joseph Yesufu brings to the table. That's why Iowa should be targeting him, in my opinion. Um, so, as as we get more news in the transfer portal, we'll definitely let you know. But it just it is frustrating. I understand the frustrations as to why Iowa, you know, wondering why Iowa's not getting involved. Um, I do trust Rand McCaffrey, but I think when you have three scholarships and there's talented players out there, you have to, you know, the, the right thing to do is to be looking at that and to see. Who are the guys who could come in and mesh well with my team? It's the new day and age. You cannot just continually build a team without going to the transfer portal. There's just too many guys leaving and going. You have to be able to be willing to go in there and find a guy or two that meshes with your culture. Even the Iowa Hawkeye football team has done it. So if the Iowa Hawkeye football team can do it, I think Iowa basketball can do it as well. Also on the women's basketball front, Kaitlyn Clark named a WBCA first team All-American. And also she won the Don Staley Award, which recognizes the nation's best guard in D1 basketball. Congratulations to Kaitlyn Clark. I cannot wait for women's basketball. Next year should be... Should be a ton of fun. Coming up, though, on segment number two, we're going to get into some of our positional previews. Before we do that, though, I got to tell you about BetOnline.ag because BetOnline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. Real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's right. Go to BetOnline.ag, get a free account, use the promo code Locked On. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Why wouldn't you do this? BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast at. Now, let's get into some spring positional previews with a position that Iowa fans take very seriously. It is the tight end position, a position that Iowa is known very well around the league for. And I say that obviously because of T.J. Hawkinson, because of great you know George Kittle, excuse me, because of Noah Fant, um, even the fact that we had a walk on, you know, last year make some some rosters. Now we have you know Sean Byer, who wasn't even the number one tight end. He's gonna likely either get drafted or be a UDFA. My guess is a UDFA who gets some time. But one of the big reasons why Iowa fans are so excited about this position, especially this year, is because of Ch- Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta has burst onto the scene as a true freshman he got playing time which is huge for because they don't allow I mean tight ends have to learn the run offense the passing offense and you hit that and especially in Iowa you have to be able to block but also add in the passing game so where Nate Weeding and Sean Byer were not able to add as much in the, the passing game Sam Laporta has been that guy since his freshman year making big time catches now last year I thought he regressed a little bit blocking still great pass catching Dropped a few balls that maybe he shouldn't have. And to be fair, he was getting a ton of targets and was getting hounded by defenders because Spencer Petras could only throw seven yards to Sam Laporta. But I'll be interested to see how Sam Laporta grows in year three after leading the team in catches last year at 27. He's already on the radar of NFL scouts. I had Matt Miller on the podcast a couple months ago. He's now a, a you know analyst at ESPN, also has his own website, the Um, thedraftscout.com, and he actually mentioned Sam Laporta as a guy to watch out for because he's already on draft radar because Matt is already watching his tape and has him on his board. That's how big Sam Laporta is. What makes that concerning is the fact that if Sam Laporta has a big year, if he has a John Mackey award type of year, which I do not think is out of the question, to be fair, Sam Laporta could be off the NFL, and that leaves Iowa in a very precarious position depending on how this year goes. So right now, Behind San LaPorta is Luke Leitchie, former four-star who has phenomenal talent, um, recruited by a ton of people under the sun. And then Elijah Yelverton, a guy who had 30-ish offers from a ton of SEC schools and big-time schools down in the south. And then Josiah Myman, an Illinois kid who uh, who's a top 1,000 player, had offers in Michigan, Illinois, and Wisconsin. What makes this situation very interesting is the fact that this is very reminiscent of a couple of years ago. Two years ago, we had almost no career catches returning. This year, we have 27, and it's all Sam. Next year, depending on how this year goes, Sam could be gone, and we could be back in a position where we have some relatively young young and unknown guys. Now, Iowa's offense consistently features a tight end position, and they have been recruiting very well. Now, they lost out on some tight end recruits this past year, but Luke Leachy, Elijah, and Josiah, they've been waiting in this program for some time to get an opportunity, and it'll be interesting to see who wins those battles, right? Luke Leitchie right now is the number two. I would imagine Elijah and Josiah are battling for that number three, and that number three does get some playing time, but that number two is really going to be that, that other feature in that role. We saw Sean Bayer get a plenty of catches last year being the number two tight end. So that number two tight end is not necessarily a backup. You're getting a lot of time, especially since Iowa does run a lot of two tight end sets. So in my opinion, when you look at this position from the top, You know, from the top, we're great, right? We have one of the best tight ends in the country, and I'm not afraid of saying that about Sam Laporta. I think Sam Laporta right now is a top 15 tight end in the country. He has the ability to be an All-Big Ten tight end. He has the ability to be the John Mackey Award winner if he can improve his hands a little bit and if Spencer Petras can be a bit more consistent getting him the ball at the right time. Now, what's interesting about that? Is from a breakout player perspective. I also think is Sam Laporta. I think outside of some dra- you know some scouting radars or draft radars, outside of people who just follow Iowa Hawkeye tight ends because they know the tight ends coming out of Iowa are good, and outside of the University of Iowa, Sam Laporta is a relatively unknown name. Okay, people don't realize that they have another tight end in Iowa who is about to be phenomenal, and that is Sam Laporta. I think this is a breakout year. Anytime you can go from 27 catches to first team all Big Ten, that's got to be a breakout year. And the sleeper pick is easy. It's Luke Lachey. Luke Lachey has the talent. He is a guy who got a little bit of playing time, you know, got on the field last year. He could be a big-time player for this team and a guy who can step into that role and take over for Sam Laporta if Sam Laporta leaves now, I'm saying Sam Laporta is going to leave, but I'm just saying we have to be aware of what happened with TJ Hawkinson and with Noah Fant two years ago. They both left. So Luke Leachie did get some action in one game this past year, which is amazing. Only eight freshmen, true freshmen got action in 2020. That speaks volumes to his preparedness. And I think he is, has an opportunity to come into the season and possibly catch 20 to 25 footballs, especially if teams are focusing on Sam Laporta. Um, and with the loss of two possible draft picks at the wide receiver position, um, Luke Lachey is going to be relied on quite a bit. As far as the grade goes, i got to give it a B- minus overall. And, and the reason why is because we have such unproven talent. Now when it's Iowa, just like the offensive line, what we're going to find is they always have the ability to replenish. And that's also the college football world. You're always replenishing. You would love to be able to replenish with someone you've seen a little bit more of than what Iowa has, which is one tight end who's seen meaningful time and a bunch of tight ends who have not seen a single bit of time, but... I give this a B-minus because Sam Laporta carries at the top. The potential is there, but they haven't really shown a lot. Um, was, I was kind of wavering on that C-plus to B-minus. It just felt wrong because I just know the tight end position will be solid regardless of who is in there because it is Iowa. The Iowa Hawkeyes do a great job of developing those tight ends, but that is my grade for the tight end position for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Coming up on segment number three, we're going to get into positional preview of the offensive line going through all of the positions. And There's one position in particular that I am not so Sedan from the offensive line, and that is the right tackle position. So we're going to talk about that coming up in just a few moments. I do have to tell you about Built Bar, though, because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today. They come in a bunch of phenomenal flavors. You would know this if you looked at the Bilt Bar March Madness bracket that they had going on. All these bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they are soft and easy to chew. Some of my favorite flavors are mint brownie. We also have salted caramel. Peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. I mean, I'm not a big fruit guy, so basically anything that's a sweet, I absolutely love. Built Bar does a phenomenal job of making a protein bar that gets me going. I love the taste, but I also love the health benefits that come along with a Built Bar because these are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber bars. For example, the Cookies and Cream Bar. 130 calories in that bar, packed with 17 grams of protein, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. It's the perfect pick-me-up after a workout or even just a little snack during the day. I actually eat them for breakfast. You can use a Bilt Bar however you want, but if you want something tasty and nutritious, go to BiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and you'll get 20% or 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at BuiltBar.com, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's right, Locked 15, Locked15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It's April and the Lockdown NFL Network of Podcast is shifting into draft mode. April nineteenth through the twenty-third for the ultimate twenty twenty-one mock draft featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Find out who trades up, who trades back, and who selects the next young star. Stay tuned for more info about where you can find the ultimate 2021 mock draft app. Now, let's get into our final positional preview on the offensive side of the ball. We have the offensive line, and this is a position that's in a lot of flux, but when you start digging in, there is a lot of potential here. First and foremost, I want to get two things out of the way. A, yes, we are in flux because there are only two real returning starters, in my opinion. Starters that actually started over half of the games last year. Now, the good news is this team has this this position has the potential to be phenomenal over the next couple of years because there's a lot of young guys. The only guy I could see losing next year is Tyler Linderbaum. And honestly, I thought we were gonna lose him this year. So the fact that we get him in next year is amazing. We also have some uncertainty with how does George Barnett want to coach this offensive line? How does he want to improve off of, you know previous predecessors? And who does he like the most from this team? It does return six letter winners, but again, only two starters, Cody Inc. and Tyler Linderbaum. Again, Tyler, I'm surprised he stayed, but he will be a first team all Big Ten. Again, he's likely going to be a day one or day two pick next year, in my personal opinion. And when you look through this, at left, I'm going to go through the quick, you know, the two deeps of what happened, and then I'll start talking about each of these positions. At left tackle, they had Jack Plum, followed by Mason Richmond. Left guard, Kyler Schott, followed by Tyler Ellsbury. At center, it's Lunderbaum. No need to worry about that. Right guard, Justin Britt, followed by Josh Volk. At right tackle, Cody Inc., followed by Nick DeJong. All right, so. Center set. We know what's going on on there. At right guard, Justin Britt has been a guy who's been making waves since his true freshman year, just kind of waiting for his time. But I'm really excited to see him get some actual starting opportunities because he's been rotating in a bit, and he was actually making the two deeps as a true freshman. Again, just like the tight end position is tough to get on that two deeps as a freshman, it's just as tough as an offensive lineman at the University of Iowa. So Justin Britt, um, the fact that he's been there – is absolutely huge. It's going to be fun to see him again. He was one of true, or eight true freshmen to see action in 2019. He saw action in four games. So um, Justin Britt, a guy who's just kind of been waiting there, but I think he's going to be a guy to watch out for this year as a starter for the University of Iowa. I see him winning that job, hands down. I left guard, Kyler Schott also should be winning that job. He has been really impressive when he's healthy since joining the team as a walk-on. Now, to be fair, there's a former four-star right behind him, Tyler Ellsbury, who's you know wanting to get in the game, wanting to get some opportunities. But Kyler Schott, in my opinion, actually has been one of the best offensive linemen we've had. It's just a matter of him being healthy. Um, I, I love what he brings to the table. I love how the offensive line works when he's there. And two years ago, we had some issues at the guard spot, especially with interior pressure, and Kyler Schott was able to solidify that to an extent. So I think Kyler, Kyler Schott's easily going to win that left guard position. But now we get to the tackle position, and I think that's really where this gets interesting because there's some really strong, talented players who, who are already on the roster, and there's some strong guys who are incoming who have joined the team now because they enrolled early, and that is David Davikoff and Connor Colby. But right now, right tackle, we have Cody Inc. and Nick DeJong. Cody was a guy who Kirk spoke very highly about the fact that he could play any position along the line. That makes you very versatile. I think that means that, and we've seen this with the offensive line, we've had injuries across the offensive line the last couple years. This Whoever comes out that first game, And that starting five is likely not going to be the same exact starting five every single game for the rest of the year. Cody's a guy who can slide around, so that gives some other guys some opportunities to step in there. But I see Cody winning that right tackle position. It's just last year, fourth team, all Big Ten at guard. Um, He can play any position along the line. And I just, I really liked what I saw for him when he was in the game. And again, he's one of the only returning starters. So that's going to be tough to beat him out um, if he can handle that right tackle spot. Where I think the biggest positional you know, improvement we can make is at left tackle because right now they have Jack Plum slotted there. And I'll be honest, I did not like the play of Jack Plum last year. When you're watching the game live, he was getting burnt consistently. When you watch the tape, the same thing showed up. And then when you look at the advanced analytics, Jack Plum was the lowest graded offensive lineman of the Iowa Hawkeyes when he played, allowing the most pressures consistently. I do not like that. Maybe, you know, he, he definitely needs to grow into that position. I believe he joined the program as a tight end. So he's still working on it, you know, getting into the 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 ideology of playing offensive line, but at a certain point, you need to have someone who's gonna be consistent back there. Now that enters, you know, enter Mason Richmond, a guy who saw action in three games. He's added 45 pounds to his frame. He's young, and he's right now listed on the two deeps. And I'd be interested to see what he does. I'm also interested to see what David Davikoff and Connor Colby do as well. Guys who are enrolling early, big-time names. David Davikoff, a big, big-time recruit. He could be along the lines of an Alaric Jackson or a Tristan Werps, a guy who starts by the end of his freshman year. That honestly wouldn't surprise me at all. What is surprising me is the fact that we're not seeing Tyler Endress anywhere on here. A four-star recruit um, two years ago not making any of the two deeps. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he can make some headway coming into this offseason um, before next year's fall football. Uh, again, when you see four-star recruits, Iowa doesn't get a lot of those, so you remember those names, and he's not on that list at all, getting passed up by a couple walk-ons and some newer guys into the program. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And again, this year, This is going to be, you know, it's going to be a little bit tough getting this line gelled together. Thankfully, we have that spring practice. But going into the following season, this line could be a huge strength for the Iowa Hawkeyes, one of the best in the nation um, in two years, simply because they're returning almost everyone from that team. So, as long as this team develops as they should, that should be pretty phenomenal. My breakout player for this team is Justin Britt. And I think I already talked through why um, he's been a guy who's just been waiting in the wings for quite some time. I love what he does at that guard spot. Uh, former three-star recruit, a top 600 recruit out of Warren Central, um, I always had some good, some good, uh, good experience there. So Justin Britt, a guy who's going to be a breakout player this year. I think he could be all Big Ten. And my sleeper picks is Mason Richmond and David Davikoff for two reasons. Both those guys immensely talented. Both could get playing time this year. And I'm just I just haven't been impressed with Jack Plum, in my personal opinion. I hope he can get it going. I hope he can be a fantastic starter. Clearly, Iowa thinks he can, and that's amazing. But I do think Mason Richmond, David Davikoff are my sleeper picks for this year. As far as the grade goes, it was tough, but I gotta give it a C. And the reason why is when you return only two starters, and Cody only has six starts under his belt, you have Tyler Linderbaum, who's phenomenal, but you are re- only returning really two starters, one real starter, and three unknowns, three positions that are unknown, especially at left tackle position. Um, you're losing a couple of guys the NFL. You've lost a lot of guys over the last two years, and it's a very young team. Now, by the end of this year, I think the potential is an A+. I think this offensive line could be one of the best in the nation by the end of this year, but... You cannot grade based off of potential entirely. And so for this, I give Iowa a C. Let me know what your thoughts are, though. That finishes up our offensive positional previews. Again, coming up the rest of this week, we'll get into the defense, and then we're going to hit the NFL draft really hard. If you love the show, make sure to follow us wherever you downloaded or you know got this episode at. Um, we're on basically every single podcasting platform. And then also make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a fantastic Monday, Hawkeye Nation, and let's go Hawks.